thankful for the freedom we find in him. going to have a video announced, but I think that's coming later. So, good evening. Welcome to church. Is there anyone who knows what it's like to be free tonight? We've had a wonderful day. It's been an anointed day, and I'm, I know for one, I'm thankful that Lane and Judy Sargent's here visiting with us. It's been an extreme blessing. Anointed message about us being awake. I guess I should have asked, are we awake tonight? Amen. The Lord's going to do some mighty things through us. He's preparing us for a new season, a season of growth, and I know we're all excited about what's going on in a new building, and I know everyone's going to be part of it. So let's, let's pray and welcome him in tonight. Lord, we're so thankful to be here in this place. Lord, we want to welcome you in because we come for you this evening. Lord, we're thankful for what you're doing in our lives. We're thankful for the blessings that we have, Lord, and we dedicate this service to you. We ask that you would have your way with us tonight, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. We got one announcement before we get out and shake hands tonight. There's a spaghetti dinner after church tonight to help raise funds for the youth department. So if everyone hasn't ate too much today at lunch, 
There's plenty of spaghetti tonight to spend time in fellowship with one another. Amen? So let's get out now and shake hands and welcome to other church.
How are you this evening? Excellent. So glad to see you on a Sunday night. Turn to someone and say, congratulations. The reason I say that is because I go to some meetings and I'll get in those meetings with all these other pastors from Southern Ohio and from, uh, from Ohio, just period. And a lot of times they'll say, hey, Brother Phillips. I'll say, yes, sir. You still run a Sunday night service? I'm like, yeah, we do. They'll say stuff like, can you get anybody to come? Wow, you look beautiful tonight. What a great crowd here on a Sunday night. How many of you have come to the house of the Lord to praise the Lord and to honor him to be in his presence? Because you see, if we could just get this message across, because I'm going to be honest with you, I don't want to just come to church on Sunday night. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to go to church like none of them want to go to church. But you tell me I'm going to be in the presence of the Lord. And I'm going to hear the word of God. And I'm going to be in his house. There's going to be worship. Someone might get delivered. Someone might get healed. Somebody might get saved tonight. Boy, I'll tell you, I'm ready to go. Amen? I'm ready to go. I want you right where you are. Let's begin this service tonight in a beautiful way, just lifting up your hands. We prayed at the beginning, but I want us to honor the presence of the Lord, to praise him. Lord, we're here in your house. We honor you. We're not here just to go through the obligation of church. We're not here to, to just hang out. But God, we have come into your presence because we truly know and believe that you are an awesome God. You take care of us, Lord. You look out for us. You're there for us. You said you'd never leave us nor forsake us. And God, you've proven that over and over and over again in our lives. We just honor you tonight and we bless your holy name. And Lord, we haven't come to church. We have come to be in your house and to be in your presence. And we honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone put their hands together and let's give God praise. Do you know if you'll praise the Lord with your hands, you'll run the devil right out the back door. And when you really get serious about it, I mean, he'll take off. How many of you need him to leave your house at home? You need to leave your family alone? You need him to leave your job alone? Man, you ought to learn how to praise the Lord. The Bible says, clap your hands, all ye people. Then it says, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. You know, when I watched that old movie, what was that movie again? I can't remember. Gladiator, maybe. That guy is out there. He's got all them guys, and he's like, we're going to do this. It's going to happen. We're going to win back Ireland. He looks at those guys, and he's just like, he just goes, Rah! and every one of them just go, Rah! and when they did, they took off with their horses. Somebody is like, he has lost his mind. You're right. You're right, I'm so over and done with game playing and junk. And I'm here to mean, I'm here on business for the king. I'm here for the Lord. And you know what? I'm going to win back Ireland. I'm going to win back the United States. I'm going to win back my family. I'm going to win back what the devil has taken from us. And I'm going to do it with a voice of triumph. Yes. Amen. 
because this thing is real. Somebody shout, it's real. I said it's real. You believe that tonight? Amen. So we ought to, I love what you said this morning. We got to shake ourselves sometimes. Sometimes we just got to stop and shake ourselves and get real. Get with the program and realize there's nothing more important than you being in the house of God tonight. Well, there's nothing you can do that's more important. You may have other things to do, but there's nothing more important than you being in the presence of God. You want to be a good father? You want to be a good mother? You want to be a good wife or a good husband? You want to be successful in your life? You want to live a victorious life, fighting the enemy at every turn? If you want to win in this world, then you ought to find yourself in the presence of God whenever you possibly can. Because I have found that he is there when I'm in the valley. He is there celebrating when I'm on the mountain. He is there with me every time I turn around. God has never let me down. Never. How many of you have found that to be true yourselves? He's never let you down. Now, we are imperfect. We are imperfect. How many of you are imperfect? That ought to be everybody's hand. We're fickle as the day. God always finishes what he starts. And if he has begun a good work in you and you're here in his house on a Sunday night, then let me tell you something. He is going to see it all the way through. He's not like a man that will give up or quit on you. God will never quit on you. You may run the opposite direction, but God is never going to quit on you. And I'm thankful tonight. He has never left me alone. He's never forsaken me. And I'm here to shout with you the voice of triumph. And while I'm clapping my hands and singing the victorious song, that I'm an overcomer through Christ. Are you overcomers tonight? Amen. Amen. Somebody says, what in the world? Did you drink coffee before you come to church? Huh? It's not open yet, Gary says. <laughs> well, bless you. Bless your heart. So thankful for those who are visiting with us. Bree, I see you back there. Carrie, good to see you tonight. We've been praying for you guys. So good to see you in God's house on Sunday night. Pat, Grandma. It's great to see you too. We miss John. I see others that I met at the services. So good to see you tonight. Thank you for being here with us. You know, at the end of the day, we all go through trials and troubles. We've all walked away from cemeteries and hospitals. We've all had the good news and the bad. But at the end of the day, our God always is faithful. And if we can just get that message out. Get that message to the hurting tonight, the people in the city that are lost and undone, the people that are seeking peace through a pill or seeking joy through a bottle. If those folks could just get a little bit of what we got of tonight, I'm telling you, all their, all their problems would have answers. How many of you know Jesus is still the answer for the world? He's the answer. Turn to somebody and say, um, we're going to sit down now. All right, God bless you. You can be seated. Well, didn't you enjoy the Summerton Church of God Choir that was here this morning? Amen. They were wonderful. It was good to have them. And I want to thank our senior adult choir, the Voices of Psalm 95, because they, along with other senior, minute, senior adult uh, members, were uh, the host this morning for our, our luncheon after church. And they made a beautiful feast. 
and I want to thank Cindy Robinson and Linda Pitts. I want to thank Rella Robinson for kind of steerheading and leading a group of all you that helped and all you that volunteered. Thank you so much. I kept getting over and over again from the Summerton Choir that they were so blessed, and I, I, I even joked with them a little bit because, you know, all of those ladies are southern cookers. And uh, I said, well, I said, how did the Ohio ladies fare with you all? And they were like, it was fantastic. So they, you, you made it. Our ushers are coming to serve you, and as they do tonight, we're, this is our opportunity. It's my opportunity. It's your opportunity to worship the Lord with our gifts. It's not mandatory. We don't twist your arm, and we're not going to beg you. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that the Lord loves a cheerful giver. So I've often said, and people have often told me to be quiet when it comes to offering taking, because I'm the guy, Scott, that will say to you, if you're holding on to your offering and you don't want to give it and you have a big old problem with it, then just keep it. Just keep it. That ought to make you just feel the pressure's completely off, right? Just keep it. Because I am here, I have a gift, and I'm giving it because he has given to me so much. And I'm thankful. I pay my tithe. I give to missions. I give to the building program, and I give in the offering. And I do that not because I'm the pastor and I'm supposed to set the example. I've done that since I was a young man. And I do that because I have found it to be true that I cannot and I have not ever outgiven God. Not once. And I am so thankful for that. How many of you found that to be true yourselves? Now, are you, are you telling it just like it is? Raise your hands again. You have never been able to outgive God. Isn't that amazing? That's a testimony right there. Trust Him. Trust Him. He has been there for me over and over again in my life. You can tell I didn't preach today. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I've come up with three sermons in the last 15 minutes. It's good to see you tonight. So thankful for Brother and Sister Sargent who are with us this evening. Brother Sargent. What a message this, this morning. And tonight he's bringing the message again. We get him for the weekend and I'm so thrilled that they're able to be here. Somebody said, well, how'd your vacation go? Well, the way it turned out, I got two days. So I had two days of great rest. And so it was two days. Um, where, do I, where, am I, where am I going to put the other days? I don't know yet, but we're going to figure it out. But I'm thankful, so thankful for last Sunday. Uh, it's an awkward day, and it's an uncomfortable day. But thank you so much for the way you love, because y'all love real good. And you're just, your hugs and your cards and your gifts, it's amazing to me. I, I'm blown away by that and so thankful. And uh, I realize, and you already know I've said it, I, uh, I know that we're a team. And it takes a whole lot more than just one. But we're all thankful for one another, aren't we? So thank you for your love. God bless you. Let's pray. Father, as we come before you this Sunday night, we honor your presence and thank you that you're here in this place. I pray that you will honor every person in this house, whether they're able to give or not, but that you would touch their lives with the truth of your word that says that you are a God who gives to us. You're a giver, not a taker. And Lord, when we make ourselves available to your way of doing things, then we are blessed and we are able to be givers as well. So we honor you tonight and we bless your holy name. Pray that you'd be with us. Touch the sergeants as we bless them this evening with our offering. 
May it be sufficient and may it do, God, what it's intended to do and be more than they have even thought or imagined as we desire to bless the servants of God. In the name of Jesus, we pray for it all and we thank you, Lord. Amen.
just sing a little bit of this chorus? It's so simple, but it's so important. No place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be. And here in your love, here in your love. And here in your love, here in your love, to set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God, to set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you. And here in your love, here in your love, no place I would rather be. No place I would rather be. No place I would rather be. Than here in your love, here in your love, set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. No place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be than here in your love. In the same. 
Sing this to Praise the Lord. Have you met the cornerstone? The cornerstone is that thing that supports the whole foundation of the building. You build on anything else, you fail. But you build on Jesus Christ, you succeed. It may not be success that the world says is success, but that doesn't matter. What you understand is he said to the disciples, who do men say that I am? And they began to discuss it. He said, who do you say I am? Thank God for the Apostle Peter. He was good at putting his foot in his mouth, but he was good at saying the truth. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. 
Woo. Who is he? Son of the living God. He said, and upon your confession of your faith, I will build my church upon that confession that I am the Lord. And the gates of, gates of, gates of, I told you this morning, gates that was talking about even with Samson was where they had the meetings of the church, of the city council, and they made decisions. See, it, it's not a gate. It's where the enemy makes his decisions. And he said, that gate of hell will not prevail against you or you or you or you or you. Sometimes the storm may be tough, but you're not going to lose. Do you realize that a ship makes its best progress in a storm? Hello. It doesn't matter. You can still make it. Amen. Put your hands together. Give praise to the Lord. You may be seated. Get your Bible and turn to the book of John chapter 11. John chapter 11. Thank you. Each time I come, you overwhelm me with your love, you overwhelm me with your honor, you overwhelm me with your giving. Thank you. Everything is invested in what we do in the ministry. It helps us continue to go wherever we go and do whatever we do. Thank you for giving to the choir this morning. They wanted me to express to you their appreciation. The offering was phenomenal. They don't keep it for themselves. They're going to take it and go to the Navajo Indian Reservation and repair some churches and do some work out there. They don't keep one penny of it. I must tell you that the choir this morning said to say thank you. They raise their money. They pay their way. They do everything. And thank you, ladies. You did an outstanding job serving the meal today. That was wonderful. But they take everything and invest it back. You know, that's God's kingdom work. If you keep yourself tight-fisted, he can't bless you. You're not going to bless a whole lot of people if they got a fist at you. No, I'm going to run. But if you got an open hand, an open arm, an open heart, then God's able. You know what he said? You realize that favor doesn't come from God? It says, if you will give, he will, men will give. Men will give into you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. He will use people to give you favor. Hello? That's not my message, but I'll get to it, I hope, in just a moment. I'm good at that anyway, right? I got to get this plane in the air, all right? Look with me at John chapter 11. A couple of years ago, I was with you. I preached out of John, and the Holy Spirit began to deal with me again to go back there and look at some things, and I've entitled this tonight, Running out of time. What do you do when everything is squeezing you and the deadline is coming and you feel like you're running out of time? What do you do when you've done all you can do and everything that you know to do on this earth? And all of a sudden it looks like I got to get this done, I got to get this done, I got to get this done. And you're running out of time. I want to talk to you about that tonight. How do you respond? Because I'm going to share some things, hopefully some insights in this scripture that will help you. I told them to put up verse 21, but I'm going to read a little bit of scripture before you get to it. Let's go look with me at verse 1. 
Now there was a certain man who was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. And it was that Martha, uh, that Mary, who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil, wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sister sent to him, for the messenger came and said, look what he said, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Look at the part of verse 4, very first part of it. Jesus said what? This sickness will not end in. Now, if you look at that, it doesn't fit. See, I pastored long enough to know if there's somebody that loves you and you love them and they get sick and you don't show up, sometimes they get upset. I know it doesn't happen here, okay? happens at other churches. Nobody ever gets upset at the pastor. He's perfect, you know. You know, when you understand this is Mary, Martha, Lazarus, who are they? That's where he would go spend time. That's where he would go eat. That's where he would go to their house, and Mary would meet him before he ever got there and be sitting at his feet outside, worshiping him. She, here, here's what I want you to understand. Mary was a worshiper. Mary was always in awe and worshiping him. It even talks about that she's the one that anointed his feet and did it with her hair. Look at this, folks. This is close. This is not some stranger. This is not some house he'd never been in. This is where he would go, I believe, as a haven to find peace in the midst of everything that was going on. So as you look at this, I want you to see this. There was Mary. There was Martha. Martha was always fixing biscuits. She was always cooking. In fact, there's one scripture in the book of Mark that says she was busied herself. you got to have worshipers in a church, which should be all of us. Oh, I don't want to stop here and preach. I, I don't know how this thing's going to go, folks. Go, you, you need to pray. You've got to understand, sometimes things in life cause you to lose your worship. Don't give up. She was a worshiper. Mary, Martha was a worker. we got to have those in the church. Then you have Lazarus. Well, after he had died and he's raised from the dead, which we'll talk about tonight, I believe he became a praiser. So you praise God for what he's done. You worship God because of who he is. Yeah, say that again. That's good. I'm giving you something, okay? I want you to, I want you to, I want to get, I want to get you into their house. I want you to understand it. Bethany. Bethany's called a house of figs or a place of fruit. And this is where Jesus would go to find a haven of rest and to escape from the business. Because you, don't you know people were always pulling on him. This is where he went. These people loved him. He could come anytime, day or night, come into the house and have something ready. They would honor him. Then he gets a message. They said, go tell him that he whom he loves is sick. So Jesus, all of a sudden, because he got the message, folded up his tent, got everything together, got in his vehicle and headed up. No, he didn't. He didn't hurry over. See, we have a hard time. We get delay and denial mixed up. Just because it's delayed does not mean it's denied. Y'all got to help me tonight or I'll preach two or three hours if you don't give me some amens. 
Delay and denial, delay and denial, delay. No, just because it hasn't happened like you thought it would happen in the way it should happen and how it should happen doesn't mean he's told you no. Learn to wait on God. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Remember that word wait means to take a rope, to take hemp and twist it into a rope. And what it means is when you're waiting, you're holding on to that rope. And you say, I will not let go. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You need to learn that in your waiting, it's not wasting time. Your waiting is developing you. Your waiting is taking you from where you are to where you're going. And he's preparing you now for what he has for you. Lord, would you bless me? He's saying, okay, I'm going to bless you, but i got to get you through this trial so you'll be ready for the blessing. Sometimes we love to spend all our time in kindergarten, in church, and we don't ever move out. You've got to learn it's progressive. See, listen, you've got to understand that what happens in your life is like moving from kindergarten to elementary school, to high school, to college. You know what happened to me? If I didn't make the grade, I didn't pass, and I had to stay back. Hello? Maybe you're still in the same spot you've been in for years because you can't pass the grade. Maybe you're still failing. He's trying to teach you something there. Quit looking at the bad side of it and say, Lord, what do you want to do with me? I am patiently waiting on you. I'm ready to move to the next level. But he can't get you there. Amen. Oh, my goodness. I didn't know all this was in you. Now, look, this is who they are. They get a, he gets a message. He's sick. Then he gets a message that he's dead. But what does Jesus say? This sickness shall not end in Only one has power to say that, and his name is Jesus. Well, he's dead, not to Jesus. There is no death to Jesus because he's the one that went into the grave, stayed three days, cleaned it up, made it a great place to wait on the resurrection. Hello? There is no death to him. They said, well, he died on the cross. Yes, he did, but he resurrected, and there is no death to him. There is no death to the Christian, folks. The only thing that happens to us is that we move from here to there. It is a transition from this life to the next. There is no end to it. There's just a new beginning, and that new beginning is eternity. We are eternal creatures. We will live forever, and we're going to live forever in his presence. So when he said this sickness isn't unto death, he meant this isn't the end. It won't stop here. It may look bad, but this isn't, it isn't over. It's not over till he says it's over. It's not finished till he says it's finished. Look at They get the message. Now look at this. He says to them, it is not unto death. Verse 6, it said he stayed two more days. Two more days. And you know the story. But here's the scriptures I want to show you. You understand it's Mary, it's Martha, and it's Lazarus. Lazarus is dead, and it doesn't end in death. He spends two more days. He's on his own schedule. Now, I want to show you something. Look down with me at verse 21. Anytime you read the Gospels, the one who met Jesus outside the house was Mary. 
She was worshiping him. This time it's Martha. Martha is so upset, she's not fixing him any biscuits. She's outside. Look what she said. Take note of this, folks. If you had been here, what? If you had been, here's my question to you tonight. What would, will you still trust God even though the message you received is contrary to what you thought? Will you still trust him if it doesn't look like it? Will you, still, will you still trust him if it looks like all hell's broken loose? Will you still trust him if it doesn't work like you thought it would? See, he's looking for us to trust him no matter what. He's looking for people like Job. Though you slay me, yet will I trust you. You may kill me, but I'll still trust you. You may disappoint me, but I'll still trust you. It may not look like I'm thinking, I'll still trust you. And when, oh, when he shows up, she does just like we do. If you had been here. Now, I'm going to say it like I thought she said. You know what? If you'd have shown up when you're supposed to. Pastor Jesus, if you'd have gotten here, it wouldn't be as bad. We do a good job of complaining when it doesn't work our way. I didn't get much over here. Let me get over here and see if there's anything. Hello. See, you've got to understand, what is your reaction when he doesn't show Martha confronts. And I think Pastor Ray is a lot like I pastored. I don't like that. I don't like confrontation. Let's just all get along and sing Kambaya. But it don't work that way. I wish it did. You know what? When I pastored, I, uh, Judy's not here yet. She's coming in late, okay? It, uh, I had a lot of those moments with people. I'd like to say, why don't you just walk into this? Why? Because sometimes people are harsh when it doesn't work the way they think it should. So she confronts him and she says, you know what, if you'd have been here, you'd have just been here, it would have worked. She's blaming him for what happened when he is her only answer. I'm giving you some stuff tonight, folks. This thing's building with me. I didn't know it was all in here, okay? When you understand confrontation, it didn't bother him, but he understood where she was coming from. She got so upset, she didn't fix him a meal because she always had him a meal ready. And when he showed up, she was so upset. If you'd have been here. If you had been here. Now, she's outside. Where's Mary? Look, we've at verse 38. Verse 38, here's Mary. Where's she at? She's in the house. Now, wait a minute. Martha's a confronter. Oh, help me, Jesus. Mary is a pouter. She didn't go outside to meet him. She didn't trick her. I'll just stop right there. Again, I'm, somebody get this CD and give it to another church. Because you don't do it. Nobody's ever done that here. You know, I'm, I'm just not going to that church anymore. Why? Why do people get so upset at going to church and pout? You know why? Because we get it confused and think he's here to service our needs and we're here to worship him. You, mean not, you might need to write that one down. He's not here to be of service to you. You're here to worship him. And your worship is what brings the bountiful blessings of God. We get it backwards. He didn't show up. We, you know what? He didn't show up when he's sick. I'm going to pout. 
He didn't show up when he died. He didn't even show up for the funeral. He wasn't even here. He's already buried. Wow. But you know what? When you run into problems, quit trying to find somebody to pout at. Woo. Listen, we got too much going on, as I told you this morning, in this chaotic world to get caught up and pouting. I've pastored long enough to know there's people in the church that get upset because of the heat or air conditioning. You can tell I don't pastor anymore, don't you? <laughs> Hello? Churches have said to me, well, we'd like for you to be our pastor. I said, you wouldn't like me. Because I ain't going to put up with none of your stuff. We're going to worship God. We're going to work for God. We're going to build the kingdom. I ain't got time to hold your hand. If I got to hold your hand to get you to heaven, you're going to have a hard time getting there. That don't mean I won't be there when you need it. That don't mean I won't be there to help you through it. That doesn't mean, that doesn't mean it's time for us. It's time for Christians to stand on their own two feet. Say, this is who I am in him. See, we get it confused. We think a pastor can pray more than we can pray. You got the same ability. You can do whatever. If nobody shows up, you still got to square your shoulders, lift up your head, look under the heels from which cometh your help, and say, if nobody shows up, I'm still going to praise God. I'm still going to worship God. I'm still going to heaven. You can't turn me around. Glory. Has anybody here ever been disappointed? Three of you. I'm going to give an altar call for the rest, you hypocrites. Come on. Sure, you'll be disappointed. You can't live a human life. You can't build a church without conflict. Somebody's going to get in somebody's way. What do you do when that happens? Get over it. You're building for the kingdom. You know what I feel like the Lord's telling me to tell you? You've been asking for more people, more people. You had a great crowd this morning. Even the first service was, had a lot of people. But now you're going to have a building that it's your responsibility to fill up. No longer do you go out and say, oh, Lord, send the people. Quit telling the Lord to send people and go get them. Woo. Wow. You've got to understand, nobody has the job that you have to build the kingdom right here. Now, it's not just pews full. That's people in ministry. That's people being helped. Thank God for what you're doing down in, uh, what's it called now? Mission. Mission. Yeah, Clayton Street Mission. God's opened the door for you. Why? To do ministry. Can I, can I just talk to you a little more tonight? Is it okay? I feel like I'm just talking to you. I'm preaching here and talking. A few years ago, you, you saw the choir this morning. The reason there's choirs like that is because that Summerton had one time while I pastored, they had fire. He said, man, that's wonderful. Not so much sometimes because there's a lot of conflict between trying to schedule things, okay? But a few years ago while I was pastoring there, we decided we needed two Silver Eagle buses. We found them. We spent the money. We went inside and renovated the inside and made them comfortable. And as the pastor, I stood up. We're going to dedicate them to the Lord. I said, but do you realize that we bought these buses for us? It was all about us. 
about a month later, a couple of guys came to me. They said, Brother Sorcher, can we use one of the Silver Eagle buses on Sunday? He said, I live in Summers. You, you, you been there? You can't even get a Silver Eagle bus on the streets of Summers. They closed the town down just to get the bus down there. We want to use it on Sunday. I thought, well, sure. I thought he was going to go out and get kids or something. No. These two men would go to Hardy's on Sunday morning and buy biscuits, drive all the way 30-something miles to Birmingham, and go under the bridges where people on the street lived, put those people on the bus, feed them a biscuit, bring them to church, to our life center, let them get a shower because we had showers, teach them a Sunday school class, and bring them and sit them on the front. <laughs> Folks, listen to me. That's what's called ministry. Men would get saved. I, I, well, I don't know if it was a Martha or a Mary that came to me. She said, Pastor, one of them may have a gun. I said, you may have a gun. I don't know who's got a gun. I said, you probably got more access to a gun than they do. You know, they don't have anything. But they'd come to church. I'd preach to them. We'd pray with them. We'd take them to lunch to a local cafeteria at the, at the Bevel State College and then take them back down there. I'm in Birmingham, Alabama. This guy walks up to me. He said, hello, Brother Sergeant. I said, okay. He said, you don't know me, do you? I said, no, sir, I don't. Tell me who you are. He said, I just want to tell you, when I rode your bus, I was a drug addict. I was living under the bridges. I came to your church. I got saved. Listen, I got a job. I met a wife. I got a family. He said, I just wanted to tell you, thank you. Folks, that's what it's about. There's nothing greater than for somebody to be touched by the ministry of this church because somebody took time to reach out to them. I think we're going to be surprised when we get to heaven. I don't know, who, I don't know who's going to be in heaven that pout. That's not my decision. But Mary was pouting. I'm not going to go out and bow before I'm not going to wash his feet anymore. He didn't. My brother died. He didn't show up. He didn't come to the funeral. He didn't even serve any food. He didn't say anything. He wasn't even here to help put the stone over it. My goodness, what, what's going on? Here's what I want to show you. What do you do when time has run out? What do you do when it, it, it just hasn't taken the course you thought? And there she is. There's Mary and there's Martha. Then he comes on the scene. Well, it's hopeless. If you'd have been here, he wouldn't be dead. If you'd have been here, that wouldn't happen. If you'd have been here, we wouldn't be facing what we're facing. In fact, I just want to tell you, we've already buried him. You know what Jesus said? Where'd you lay him? Now, this is where the Holy Spirit's taking me now. This thing may not be homiletically like it should be, but I feel like that God's given me this for somebody. Listen to me. He said, where have you laid him? Folks, he's dead. It wouldn't be hard to find. Right? Here's what I want to show you. She said back to him, I'm going to take you there, but by now he stinks. Here's what I want you to see. Jesus doesn't care how much you stink. It doesn't bother him. 
what color you are, whether you sprayed yourself with deodorant or not, whether you brushed your teeth or not, whether you did anything, he still will go to where you are. Take me. He said, take me to where you laid him. Well, by now he stinks. I ain't worried about stink. Folks, you've got to understand, we've got to get beyond the stink. We've got to get beyond it. Hello? We've got to get to the place that it doesn't bother us. We've got to get to the place to say, it doesn't, he said, it doesn't matter. She said, oh, but he's been dead four days. Do you know why Jesus waited four days? I'm glad you asked. I'll tell you. Because they felt like that when a person died, it would take four days for the spirit to leave that tomb. So he said, I'm going to wait four days so the naysayers can't say anything. He said, where have you laid him? Here's my question to you. Where is your stink that's covered up tonight? Now you're going to all do like this and not me. Oh, yeah, it is. We all got stink. We all got stink. Hello? Don't you say amen and look at somebody. Just say amen for yourself. They put the stone. You couldn't smell until they moved the stone. You know what we do? We come to church with stones. How you doing? I'm fine. Well, you know better. Come on. Oh, I got this stone here. You can't get to me. See, here's what I'm going to ask you tonight. Are you willing to let him come to where you are and move the stone? Whew. Sometimes we got stones. Stones that cover up our hopelessness. Stones that cover up our discouragement. Stones that cover up our disappointment. We, we can't let him get in here, folks. Why? Because he's going to smell my stink. He knows it anyway. He knows where you stink. Now, I never thought I'd preach a message on stink. <laughs> but, folks, we all sometimes in our life stink. I'm not talking about a smell you smell with the nose. I'm talking about a stinking heart. I'm dumb, it, it has become disappointed. It's become unforgiving. It's holding on to grudges. It's holding those things. You need to move the stone tonight and let him walk into where you are. Remember something. Lazarus had been dead four days. Back then when they died, they mummified him, which meant he was wrapped in a cloth. He was permanently put in the grave, and he was put there because he had died. They put the stone I don't know why they put the stone. He couldn't get out anyway, but they did. That's the way they did it. He said, move the stone. Now, the scripture says, Jesus groaned within himself. I'm kind of reviewing something I did here a couple of years ago, I think. Remember, the word groan does not mean he groaned in a way that was just a sigh. Greek word indicates his groan was like a bull that was pawing his hoof and his nostrils were glaring and he said, wait till I get to you. Whew. Folks, you got to understand something. You ever been around a bull that's doing that? You better get out of the way. You know, go right ahead if you want to hang around. You better not hang around because he is saying when he begins to plow that ground or do that with his hoof, he's saying, can't wait to get at him. 
I can't wait to get at what I'm going after. You're not going to stop me now. Jesus stood at that grave and said, let me tell you something. I can't wait to get to where he's at. I'm not standing here just crying. I'm crying because they don't understand what's going on. I'm crying not because I'm sad, because I know who he is and where he is. I know he's coming out. He said, I'm going to do this that they may believe who you are, Lord. When he began to pray, so he becomes like that bull, and he begins to do this. He, oh, where is he? Move the stone. Where are you going? I'm going to get in there where he's at, and I'm going to get him out. Can I challenge you tonight? Move your stone. Quit hiding. Quit hiding. We are so good at it, aren't we? I'm talking about we. I'm talking about me. We'll come to church. And we will put on the best face you've ever put on. Some of you got out of the car this morning or tonight, just got out of a fuss with your spouse. Boy, you look good when you got here, though. I know, I'm meddling. Might as well. Okay. Hello, folks. We do good when we put on a face. See, we've got to understand. We've got to move the stone if he's going to ever get to us. We got, if we don't move the stone, we're going to keep the stink inside. You know when the stink comes out? When somebody upsets you and you move the stone, let them know how you feel. I'm not going to have a revival with you, but we're going to get the word to you. Folks, we got to understand, we carry so much baggage sometimes, all somebody has to do is touch us, and we almost explode. Hello? I'm talking to us. Everybody still here tonight? Say amen. I didn't know it was going to get this way, but we got to understand. Quit. Can I ask you a question? Are you willing to take Jesus to where your grave is and move the stone? And you've all heard the sermons. If he hadn't called him by name, everybody would have gotten up. I, I guess so. But all I know is this. When he removed the stone, when they moved it away, and he said, Lazarus, come forth. Now look at this. Some of you need to move the stone because if he calls you forth, you're going to run into the rock. Gonna be like running. You ever seen somebody who was walking along and thought it wasn't a glass door and it was? That's you tonight. Because if you don't move the stone, he says, Come out! You're gonna run right into that rock and hurt yourself. Move the stone! And when you do, you hear him call you from where you are and the stink that's around you. I'm so glad that my Jesus not only brought him out of the dead, when he got out, nobody held a nose. Because the stink was gone. You say, what do you mean? I'm telling you that when I walked to the altar and gave my heart to Jesus and he cleaned me up and everything was gone, I didn't have any more stink because he took the stink away. I was stinking when I came to church. I had stinking sin in my life when I got there. I was stinking from one end to the other, folks. I was a mess. But when I met Jesus, he not only, when I moved my stone, he said, come on in. He said, not only am I going to set you free by the power of his blood, he said, I am going to take your stink away. You say, how do you know you were stinking? I went back to my hometown. I was in a restaurant in my hometown, and one of my friends I knew in high school said, hey, how you doing? I got saved. I'm called to the ministry. Well, he knew my stinking. He almost passed out. And it wasn't in the spirit. He took a step backwards. No, not you. Yeah, see, he took my stink away what I was going to be and where I thought I would end up, I didn't end up there because he walked into the death of my life and he called me out 
And when he called me out, I answered when he called me. I can't remember anything else that happened, but I know that I was in that dead grave, and he said, come on out. I said, get rid of that stone. Don't get in my way. I'm going to where he's at. I'm going to close with this, I think. Something killed Lazarus. Did he just die? He may have had a heart attack, right? He may have had cancer, right? He may have had a, another kind of disease. There was something that killed him. Hear me. Whatever has caused you to stink, whatever's put you behind that stone, when he calls you out, whatever puts you there will stay there and you'll come out alive again. You won't be who you were when you went in because whatever DNA killed him, he brought him out and said, leave that in there. Amen. When you're running out of time, don't pout, don't confront, just trust. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy than Jesus. Easy to sing, hard to do. Trust and obey when the financial things have fallen out from under you. When they've walked in and said, you'll no longer be working here. When your spouse has walked in and said, I'm not going to live with you anymore. When your children have run amok, when things have just gone haywire, let him come in and call you out. Just say, come forth. Here's the good news. One of them confronted him. One of them pouted at him. But he still worked the miracle. I'm so glad he looks beyond my faults and sees my need. I'm so glad he don't cause me not to have it because of who I am. Because if it was because of who I am, I'd still be in a mess. But now he's called me out. When I thought I was running out of time, I realized that never happens to him. Because even in death, there is life. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. He's calling you out tonight. The first thing I want to say to you right now, move the stone. Because if you don't move the stone, you're going to keep hiding behind it. You're going to keep hiding behind whatever it is. Will you expose yourself to him tonight? Will you expose yourself to him tonight and say, Lord, you know what I'm dealing with. You know me inside and out. You know what I'm struggling with. You know what keeps pulling me back in that grave. Lord, I want to get out. What do you got to do? Show him where you are. He knew where the grave was. Show me where you laid him. Will you show him where your problem is? Will you be honest with him tonight and say, Lord, I know I have struggled with this so many days or whatever. And say, I want to move the stone. And I want to hear Jesus say, come forth. Get up. Now, here's another thing you got to remember. When you come out, he said to him, them, loose him, unwrap him, get that mummified stuff off of him. Sometimes we keep asking the Lord to take it off, and he says, you take it off, and I'll give you the power to do it. Sometimes we say, Lord, you take it away. No, you get rid of it and allow the Lord to come into there and unwrap you and take it away. Amen. Stand with me, please.
Father, I thank my show contendi or so de manoto chicam real to the answer Leandra Bacala. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Father, somebody needs to come out because you call them. Somebody has felt like they're running out of time, but they, Lord, time means nothing to you. You don't look at a watch. You don't even have an iPhone. But you're a God who transcends time and space, and you're calling them out. Lord, they're doing a very difficult thing right now. They are moving the stone. King Are you moving the stone? Move it. And then you'll hear him call you out. In the name of Jesus, let me say to you right now, look at me. It's time you walk out from behind that stone and walk up here right now in Jesus' name. It's time to leave it behind and let the DNA stay in there, whatever puts you there, and let him set you free. Somebody say, set you free. Oh, he believe, He will do it. He will take care of you. He will set you free. Anybody, as he begins to play and sing, you want to come out. Whatever it is, disappointment, discouragement, depression, come on out. Yes, sing it. Safe and secure. From all along, come on, leaning, move leaning, the stone and come on, leaning on the everlasting arms. Yes, leaning, come on in Jesus' name. Don't be ashamed. Don't hold back. Move the stone Safe and hear him say, come forth. Come forth. Come forth, be free. Don't be bound anymore. Don't be hindered anymore. But come be free. Come on. Prayer warriors, altar workers, whoever, come and pray with these. Come on. What do you have to dread? What do you have to fear? Come on. Don't let somebody pray by themselves. Come and put your arm around them. Kneel beside them. Stand behind them. Whatever. Pray with them. Oh, Lord, yes. I have blessed peace with my Lord so dear. Lean in. Yes. There's still others that need prayer warriors with it. Come on. People over here to my right, your left. Secure from all along, leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. Now listen I to 
me, when you move the stone, you expose yourself to him. Well, I got good news for you. He don't tell anybody else. He doesn't go out and talk about it. He knows what it is. He knows why you move the stone, and he's calling you out right now. My Lord, while they're praying for these, I sense the anointing of God that destroys every yoke and sets people free. It's time for you to be free. It's time for you to come out. It's time for you to realize that he wants to cleanse you inside and out. He wants to make that grave you've been living in a place where you can abide and wait on the resurrection and know that he is God and he has power over all. There's nothing too hard for him. He can take care of it right now. Sing. Yes. Leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarm. Leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting. What have I to dread? What have I to fear? Leaning on the everlasting arms, I have blessed peace with my Lord so near, leaning on the everlasting arms, leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarm, leaning, 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 and secure from all alarm, leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. I know the peace I know him by name. I know the peace speaker. He controls the winds and waves. When he says peace, be still. They have to obey. I know the peace speaker. Yes, I know him by name. I know the peace speaker. Come on, lift your hands while he's singing about the peace speaker. I know him by name. He gives a peace that passes all understanding. I know the peace speaker. 
He controls the winds and when Oh, let him speak peace to you. When he yes. says peace, be still. They have to obey. I'm glad I know the peace speaker. Yes, I know. Coming down from the Father above. Ooh, lift your hands. Sweep, Sweep over, over my spirit. Forever. It's not temporary. Look at me a minute. Holy Spirit said to call you to the altar. Come on, everybody is able to walk to the altar. Walk up here. All of a sudden, when he began to sing that song, there's a sweeping peace that is filling this place. I don't want you to leave without experiencing it. I know you get afraid when I call you to the altar because I could be here another hour or two. You know how I am. But that's just me. For some reason, he keeps bringing back to me, somebody has lost their praise. Because of circumstances of life, you've lost your praise. Proverbs 37, I believe it is, verse 24, not Proverbs, Job says it this way, men shall clap their hands, say it with me, men shall clap their hands, clap your hands, now that didn't sound like a hand you would give if Ohio State just won the game, but you know, he said men shall clap their hands and hiss the enemy out of his place. So you're not just clapping your hands because I said so. You're clapping your hands because you're saying to the enemy, get out of here. The word hiss means to scat. Come on. Hiss him out of here. Get him out of your mind. Get him out of your life. Get him out of your situation. Come on. I love to believe you're hissing him out. See, when you clap your hands in your hands when they come together, it creates a wave of sound that moves through the atmosphere. And when that sound gets into the very heart of God, it moves him. 
That's what happened when Paul and Silas were in the jail singing in the midnight. He heard what they were doing, and all of a sudden, he began to move on their behalf. Woo! And they were in a grave, so to speak, but he set them free. I said, he set them. Come on. Do it again. Do it loud. Make some noise. Woo! Glory. Wow. 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 God is at work. Many of you moved the stone. He walked into your situation, and you don't stink anymore. You know what happens when you stink? You get stinking thinking. Right? It's like the man who fell asleep on the couch, and his grandchildren came in and put Limburger cheese in his mustache. He got up. He said, it stinks in here. He went in the kitchen and said, no, it stinks in here. He went out on the porch and said, it stinks in here. He went out in the yard and said, you know what? The whole world stinks. See, you get stinking thinking because it's right under your lip. Hello? Your attitude has a lot to do with your altitude. And if your attitude begins to stink, then your plane can't fly. One more time before I turn it back to Pastor or whomever's up here. He's still praying for somebody. I don't want to quit, though. Oh, my, 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 my. Wait a minute, I can't quit. You, come here. a fountain full of grace and it flows from Emmanuel's veins. It came and it healed me. It came and it filled me. It came and washed all my sins away. I will rejoice and be glad. I will rejoice. I will 
There is a fountain full of grace. It flows from Emmanuel's veins. It came and it healed me. It came and it filled me. It came and washed all my sins away. I will rejoice. I will rejoice and be glad. Oh, I will rejoice. I will rejoice and be There is a fountain full of grace. It flows from Emmanuel's veins. It came and it healed me. It came and it filled me. It came and washed all my sins away. I will rejoice. I will rejoice. say rejoice rejoice in the Lord always and again rejoice in the Lord rejoice in the Lord always and I will rejoice I will rejoice and be Amen. It's been good to be in God's house. Amen. Real quick, before, before we turn you loose, I just want to testify really quick. We talked tonight about putting a stone over that tomb, a stone over our heart that, that's there to put over dead things. I've had experiences in my own life where I put stones over things and it was because those things, they hurt me or they bothered me and it was a way to control the situation. And I've done that and I can, I can control things pretty good, but, but so many times the hurt or the pain of the situation has been too much. It just bothered me so much that after a while I just threw up my hands and I said, I, I, can't, I can't deal with this anymore. I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm at an impasse. And I've had to take those things to God and say, here it is in its worst, horrible state that it could possibly be. In my hurt, in my tears, the pain, here it is. Only to, to know that that's what God was after all along. To take the situation, instead of letting me control it and try to make it better myself, it's like, give me this situation, give me the heart, give me that issue. And he's taken it time and time again and turned it into the very thing 
that I needed all along. And you might say, well, well, tell me how that happened because I want you to tell me like technical how, how that all worked out. I can't tell you exactly how it all works out, but I know supernaturally the God of the entire universe comes right down in the middle of the situation and he touched me and he's changed me and he's changed situations in such a way that's brought healing into my heart and my life. And I'm telling you, I've, I've been revolutionized over and over again. And I want us to have that same heart and that same mind. And I share that with you to challenge, take the worst to him. Take the things that you think are dead and gone and absolutely over. Take those things to him and see God breathe on those deep parts of your life and touch you and change you. We serve an awesome, mighty God, amen. God is incredible. I want you, if you would, for me tonight, I want you to back up a little bit from the, from the go like back to the pew there, if you would. Brother Sergeant's going to make his way over here. I feel led that we need to do something tonight. I've moved you back, and now I'm asking for those who, I want a single file line of those who say, Pastor, I need a touch from God tonight. I don't want to leave this house without a touch, not from a man. We're not seeking it from anybody in particular. It isn't about the people, it's about God. I believe there's a river flowing right here through this altar, and I want to know who wants to step into that altar, and we're going to lay hands on you. We're going to move right down here very quickly, and we're going to pray for you. But if you are hungry for a move of God, and you need a touch of God on your life, then step forward right now. Don't wait on nobody else. Who's here? Who needs that? Step in there right where you can and make sure we can get in front of you. Step back just a little bit. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Ministers, where's our, our staff? I want our pastors to come around if they will. Get in a straight line, a single file line right through here. If you're standing behind someone, then I don't think you need prayer. I just need a straight line across the front. In the name of Jesus. All right, the rest of you. Now I want you to step forward a little bit, just a little, if you will. I want others, prayer warriors, to come and now get in behind them. Right now, we're going to we're going to pray for our brothers and sisters together. You're standing in this line all the way from the left side to the right side, and you need a touch from the Lord. Stand as straight as you can right here so we can get through. But I'm telling you, God's going to touch you. I believe the Lord. How many of you know the Lord is here tonight to do a work? He's going to touch you right now in the name of Jesus. I will rejoice and be glad. There is a fountain full of grace. It flows from Emmanuel's arms. It came and it healed me. It came and it filled me. It came. It washed all my sins away. I will rejoice. Oh, I will rejoice. I will rejoice and be glad. Oh, I will rejoice. I will rejoice.
full of grace. It flows from Emmanuel's hands. It came and it healed me. It came and it filled me. It came and it washed all my sins away. That's why I rejoice. That's why I rejoice. And I'm glad. I have rejoiced. And I will rejoice in you, Lord. And be glad. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord, and I live my voice to worship you, oh, my soul, rejoice, take joy. Thou art worthy. 
love you, Lord. Thou art Hallelujah. I praise you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We praise you, Lord. I give you. I worship you in spirit and truth. Hallowed be thy name, 
my soul burst with praise the same spirit that dwells in me is of you the joy that comes from your presence the power that comes from your name it makes the spirit that dwells in me burst forth with praise we worship you lord we worship you in spirit and truth hallowed be thy name my soul bursts with praise the same spirit that dwells in me is it is of you oh lord the joy that comes from your presence Oh, Lord, the power comes from your name. <laughs> it makes the spirit that dwells in me. It makes the spirit that dwells in me. It makes the spirit that dwells in me. First Oh, Lord, you are worthy. Oh, Lord, you are worthy. Oh, who is like the Lord? There is no one like you, Lord. No one like you, no one like you, Lord. Hallelujah. You're my healer. <laughs> You're my deliverer, Lord. <laughs> In you I put my trust. <laughs> no matter what comes. <laughs> There's no one like you, Lord. No one like you. No one. No one like you, Lord. I give you Worship you, Lord. He touched. Oh, 
Sing that out real good. Oh, he, he touched, touched me. Oh, he touched me. How many of you can raise your hands tonight and you know it? And oh, the joy that floods my soul. Oh, something wonderful happened. your hands and just begin to cry out to God tonight. Thank him for what he's done in your life. Thank him for how he's touched you. Secure that word, that work. Seal that work with praise tonight and thanksgiving to the Lord. We love you, Jesus. We honor you for the work that you've done in this house. We bless your name and give you glorious praise. You are worthy. You are real. You are awesome and you are mighty. You're not a God that's just stuck in some religion. You're a God that's here with us right now. And we honor that, Lord. And we thank you for that tonight. We're not stuck in something that's just got a little bit of obligation, a couple of songs, a little inspiration, and out the door we go. Lord, you're here to meet with your people. You're here, God, with your presence to touch your people and to minister change in your people. Because, God, you want us to be victorious. And we thank you for that truth tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And everybody said amen.
Amen. One more time, put your hands together and give the Lord praise. Amen. I'm just going to obey the Lord. You may or may not be ready to do this, but I feel like I, I need to give you an opportunity. With everyone, those who are still praying, just keep on praying. But if you're under the sound of my voice, I want you to stand, if you would, all over the house. Just help me. We're just going to get in a uniform place because I want someone to be able to feel comfortable. But if you're here tonight and you do not know the Lord as your Savior, and you really would like to make sure that was fixed, that was set before you leave here, so that you can start tomorrow morning fresh, brand new week, brand new life, so that you can be in a place where you can start praying and trusting God for yourself. Others have prayed for you most all your life. It's time for you to start praying for yourself. You've disappointed people all your life. You feel like you failed family, friends. You've been embarrassed. Tonight, it's time for change. The Bible says he comes in, washes us white as snow. Cleanses us, removes our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. That's pretty far. Cast them. The Bible uses another illustration. He casts them into the sea of forgetfulness. Never to be remembered. Imagine being in a place where not one thing that has ever happened in your life prior to this moment will ever be remembered against you. How many have had that experience in your own life? With every head bowed and every eye closed, just for a moment, so that no one feels awkward or uncomfortable. If you're here this evening and you'd say, Pastor, I, right where I'm standing, you're not going to call me to the front, you're not going to embarrass me in front of everyone, but right where I'm standing, this is going to be an altar for me, and I can accept Jesus Christ into my life before I leave here. And I want to do that. Would you just slip up your hand and write back down if you're here tonight and you'd say, yes, Pastor, that's me. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Yeah, I want to pray that prayer tonight. Christians are praying. I feel like I'm waiting. Thank God for this one that's lifted their hand. I'm so thankful. You made the greatest decision you'll ever make in all of your life. Is there one more? Before we leave, I need things right with, with God, Pastor. I just want to pray that prayer. I want to start tomorrow brand new. Are you here? All right. We have one. I'm telling you, we're going to pray a prayer. How many of you know it's worth it? The Bible says that the angels rejoice in heaven for just one. For just one. So heaven's getting ready to have a party. Heaven's getting ready to dance and shout and have a great time. So we might as well join them. I said we might as well join them. Simple prayer. Simple prayer, but prayed from your heart will change your whole life. Are you ready? Let's all pray it together so that this one feels comfortable. Let's take this person right to the throne of grace. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Savior. I declare you're my Lord. One day I want to go to heaven. And it starts with being ready tonight. Be my Lord. 
You died on the cross for me. You rose from the dead. You bought my salvation so you can give it to me tonight. I receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You're saved. You're saved. You're saved. Amen. So, now that you got your ticket to heaven and you are going, sure as anybody, Audrey's been saved since Moses, I think. <laughs> but you know what? You're going to heaven just as much as Audrey is. Yes. Where's Kyle? Kyle been saved from drug addiction and all kinds of stuff in his life. He went down a, a, a tough road, but here he is tonight. You're saved. You're going to heaven. They're going to heaven just like you're going to heaven. You're going to heaven. That's awesome. All right. God bless you. Richard, what do you got? You got an invitation for him, right? You one more time, we help me thank Brother and Sister Sergeant for being here with us tonight. We are going to let you go with a reminder. Back in the gym, we are serving a spaghetti dinner tonight. $5 donation, and it goes to the children's ministry as part of the new building. And we're going to do that as soon as we get done here. And I want to say this. Perhaps... You have other plans, or maybe you have, you know, bursitis, or you're tired, <laughs> and you are not planning on going back. Would you do us a favor? Let's help these kids. How many of you love kids' ministry? I love kids' ministry. I want us to at least go by and drop them a, a $500 bill, or a 10, or a 5, or a 20, or a million. That's fine. That's up to you. But go by, and if you can't be here tonight, at least drop by. Those kids are standing out in the lobby. They're waving at us, and they're so excited about you coming back to eat spaghetti. Would you at least give a donation if you can't stay and have dinner with us tonight? But if you can stay, have dinner. God bless you.